0: Coming up.
1: Now, the main thing why we got funded was because you know we had this background, we had this product, we have great people backing us, we had this network, um, and that's why we got funded. As well as we just hacked through things like we had, like you know, we found investors' calendar links and we booked meetings with them and just impressed them. Uh, also, like we closed the round, you know, in the bathroom of my school in two <laughs> weeks over Zoom. So it was interesting
0: in your school bathroom please come into my office it's the bathroom
1: (laughs) it's hard for kids to get funded it took Mm -hmm. a while to figure out the secret sauce um but you know if you figure it out well and you craft this really great story you can get funded
0: okay so now I'm interested what's the secret sauce (laughs) that and more coming up so stay tuned Success. Is it really a secret? I don't think so. Join me as I interview guests from different cultures and backgrounds who have overcome incredible challenges to create the life they live today. Thousand likes, celebrity status, lots of money or big cars. These are things that come and go and do not define true success. So what is it? And most importantly, how do we create it? If you're a child, teen, or adult trying to understand how to achieve this work, then you are not alone and you won't want to miss a single episode of The Secret to Success isn't so secret. This is Christy Maggio and the key is right here. It's not a great secret, so don't just listen, learn and take action. Okay. Hi everyone. Welcome to the secret to success. Isn't so secret podcast. Today I have with me, Eric Zhu. You are 14. You're a founder, developer of different projects. So I want you to walk me, walk us, Step by step from your very first experience. Like as I was looking at all the different things you've done, you have eSocial, academia edge, carbon zero financial, seed scout, and now your latest is Aviato. So I really want to know, you know, from that first experience, what it was, like what is eSocial, what and and how you progressed through all of
1: that. Awesome. Yeah. So I'll just give a little bit of a context about who I am. So my name is Eric. I'm a 14 year old developer, founder and angel investor based in Indiana. And if you don't know where Indiana is, it's somewhere inside the US. Um, So basically started off in this pinnacle of quarantine, right? When almost everyone was online and this was like a year and a half ago, everyone was online and it was, you know, the best place to start. Found this club called Hack club. And it was this uh, very, very micro club at the time. And, you know, it was this community of builders and got into my first startup there. It was, it was this startup called AI. It was this memorization software. So I I was like super interested, right? So I worked every single micro to macro position inside. There was like the literal janitor at one point and skilled up from 300 users all the way to like 10,000 users. And I was like, you know, wow, I'm kind of good at growth. There's this nonprofit I wanted to start because I saw this Coding monopoly inside Indy, where you had to pay thousands of dollars in order to learn how to code, and it was just really hard. A lot of people wanted to learn how to code at the time, so started this nonprofit to teach kids how to code, um, and that blew up in Indy. Right, we had about 900 students, and we were on almost every single well, a lot of newspapers inside Indiana, which was super cool. Mm-hmm. After that, started a hackathon, um, you know, backed by Tesla, and was. Um, it was one of the biggest machine learning hackathons out there, which was super cool. And then after that, I got an intern at Carbon Zero, legally intern because I was 13 back then, and I couldn't really get a job. Mm-hmm. Um, did a lot of growth for them, got them onto Forbes, um, and they recently got acquired, which was cool. After that, I was like, screw it, you know, I couldn't really get a job. I'm gonna start my own company. So started my own company called eSocial. Had about 46,000 people on our wait list, about 50 schools. We blew up in Poland, was on the Poland National News, um, and that got acquired about seven months ago. And then after that, uh, became a Venture Scout Seed Scout and started my own podcast and look at this whole entire venture inefficiency, started Aviata, which we're building the future of startup fundraising, which is super cool. And I could probably get into more detail later on.
0: Yeah, I, I, I we will get into more detail on that later on, but I need to go back to a couple of different things. Okay. So first one is I love the fact that if, you know, you're like, well, I can't get paid to do this. I'm just going to start my own company. I love the fact that you take the initiative to find the way to solve your own problem. Um, Number two, so let's go back to carbon financial. You help them grow into a help me understand this you help them grow into a company that then eventually got acquired
1: um yeah so I helped I did a lot of growth for them and then um you know did some did some uh stuff with PR and you know that they recently got acquired about like last March I think so it was it's was pretty interesting
0: wow and, and so carbon carbon zero financial is what type of a company it's like I mean I guess it's a it's company. a Fintech
1: so it's a, it's a client card right um, basically the initiative was you know there's this, there's this card there's carbon um, carbon footprints is just super important and people are realizing that wow this is such a big problem that they have to track their carbon footprints and one of the main things to do that is through your credit card right because every single thing you purchase, has a carbon footprint and you want to offset that carbon footprint and go carbon neutral. And that would incentivize you to spend less carbon. And that's just such a big problem right now. And if everyone does that, um, it would provide better um, carbon into the atmosphere, which is the main point of carbon zero.
0: Interesting. Okay. So now tell me, all right, so you have, you headed this hackathon that was sponsored by Tesla. And so, all right, explain to me, because again, like I think of hack, I think, okay, it's not so good. Is is it not so good hacking? Like what what did you have to do with the hackathon?
1: So it was, so hackathon, initially the term was, you know, coding, right? You have have this, uh, and hackathons are, you have 48 hours to code this, project hack has been like into a lesser of a term in some niches but essentially what a hackathon was is basically just a cutting competition that was it was cooler right and you build a project you have 48 hours the point of our hours which was segment hacks was to have 48 hours to build a machine learning project and ship it out and that was as a that's a hackathon
0: wow so what did you build
1: um, so I organized it, so I didn't really build anything, but there was some really cool people involved. And then my current CTO right now, he, he won the hackathon. So, you know, uh, we worked on some, several projects. Um, he built this like machine learning, GBD3, um, text, the text thing. So it writes your essays use and using a really great model called GBD3, which was from this thing called open AI. And it's just like human, like, um, copywriting, which was really cool.
0: Wow, is that is that plagiarism?
1: (laughs) No, No. none of it's plagiarized. So it's all (laughs) it's 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 godly machine learning or AI. exciting!
0: I mean, no, and and I'm and I'm asking these questions in all seriousness because I feel, I guess, in 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 machine learning and AI, I I I really feel illiterate. Like I don't don't really get it. The switch has not flipped for me. So. Seeing you so young and so many kids, you know, young people that are really excelling in this, like it's really exciting for me. So Absolutely. I love it. So what it's about really black box? So yeah, I mean, so e-social. What type of? So what was that?
1: So it was like an ed tech, right? Basically, centralizing the school where you could get announcements and everything, and then you could join clubs. Um, and that turned out to be really interesting because you know, inside the U.S., right, this this infrastructure of ed tech or this um, this thing is really populated, it's really diluted. Now you see other developing countries like Poland and somewhat in India, they need this kind of tech, right? Because mm-hmm. in the US, there's, there's a lot of apps to do this, but inside Poland, there's nothing to do this. And now that needed to be done because no one knows what's happening in their school. No one knows what clubs they could do, so on and so forth. And they have a lot of clubs. So what we did was we just centralized this whole entire school using a platform.
0: Wow. That's incredible. That That's absolutely amazing. So now here's my question on that one. So with that, in setting that up, did you need, was the school in English or was it Polish or how did you, how did you cross the language barrier?
1: So the language barrier is really interesting because there's, there's Google Translate <laughs> um, always, okay. also also um, it it's depends on whoever sets it up, right? We have, you know, it's really easy to translate, but also they could set it up in Poland uh, or Polish. And that would be, that would just solve this language barrier problem. The main problem wasn't language barriers, but the main problem was user acquisition and how you're going to acquire this many users, right? Mm-hmm. So initially it was like, what if we had this decentralized chain where, you know, every student had this thing um and basically then the administrators would be like oh you know this is cool we're going to adopt this or you go directly as a b2b into and and get it into schools and that's uh that's eventually what we did so it was it was painful
0: wow but i'm painful but rewarding i'm sure yeah okay so tell me about seed scout then more specifically
1: Yeah, so did some venture scouting for them. What venture scouting means is in venture capital, you want to find companies, right? So a lot of people, uh, so VCs, they're the people that invest in early stage companies. So before Uber becomes Uber, before Airbnb becomes Airbnb, when they're just starting out, they're called startups. Um, And what they're trying to do is they're trying to get funded and in order to grow rapidly, they need to get funded, right? Um, And now there's this problem called deal flow inefficiency where VC funds aren't getting the deal flow they need into on um, those, you know, the specific niche of startups. And that's basically what uh, Scout was doing was getting this whole network of venture scouts and sourcing companies based on that.
0: Oh my God. And so you helped scout the yeah. companies, like you, it's kind of like vetting in a way, is it not?
1: Yeah, sort of, it's just like finding companies in that, you know, I was there for a, a little period of time and then, you know, after that, I was like, wow, this is just really inefficient. And there's one thing that's really important inside there. And it's this application process and this cold emailing process, right? There's so many cold emails that comes in, but it's just really hard. So what we're doing at Aviato is we're sort of solving that, which is helping this inefficiency of deal flow. You know, there's a reason why Silicon Valley controls 97% of all early startup funding. Um, and it's mainly because of the deal flow that's coming in and how much of it is quality. So, um, you know, how it works is when you send an email um, or when you go through an application, all you have to do, uh it has an Aviato link, you record a video, I'll put some diligence materials onto it. It goes to scouts and associates, which those are the people that sort of vets it, they get swipe left if it kind of sucks. Uh, so Swipe, right? If it's pretty good, go look at some diligence materials and forward it to GPs, which is general partners and uh, venture partners. And those are the people that invest in companies. And we've been getting quite a bit of traction. We just raised um, a six figure round with Pioneer Fund, CEO of GitHub, um, and some other cool people. So that's super uh, cool.
0: Wow. So when these come in, so let's talk about this, you know, because obviously you are solving a problem. Which is, and, and I get this, I get asked this all the time, especially from young people. Because, and that was one of my posts yesterday with that Naveen Jane had, had taught, was talking about, you know, to a young girl about getting funded. And because of age, a lot of times you don't get funded. He's like, mostly people are going to fund you because they want to help out a young person, other than The fact that they think they're actually going to make money off of it. So is it true, you know, in in your opinion, does age really, does age um, uh, kind of hinder people from investing? I'm imagining it would, like if it was my money, I would probably be a little bit more skeptical.
1: Yeah. So, you know, right now this shift is turning into that, though this is like a huge problem, Right but if you manage to do it well, and if you mm-hmm. manage to go through the system. So a lot of people, it, it's really skeptical for kids to raise funding because there's just so few of them, right? A lot mm-hmm. of them are focusing on school, so on and so forth. So there's just a very micro niche of kids that are funded and it's very, very small. Mm-hmm. Um, So that's why they don't see this every day, right? Now, the main thing why we got funded was because you know, we have this background, we have this product, we have great people backing us, we have this network. Um, and that's why we got funded as well as we just hacked through things like we ha- like, you know, we found investors calendar links and we booked meetings with them and just impressed them. Um, also, like we closed round, you know, in the bathroom of high school in two <laughs> weeks over Zoom. So it was interesting
0: in your school bathroom please come into my office it's the bathroom
1: <laughs> no it's, it's just over zoom right no. like you know during passing period or during a free period right. I just hop into the bathroom do a meeting there it's actually kind of quiet too but um it you know it's 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 cool and just crafting this really great story it's it's yeah. just priceless so absolutely and, and we were oversubscribed and we were like you know we right. only wanted to raise a very small amount which is a hundred grand. And, you know, we had about 800K in offers and they're like, take my money. But it was mainly just, um, you know, this, this is how much we needed. So it's hard for kids to get funded. It took Mm -hmm. a while to figure out the secret sauce. Um, But, you know, if you figure it out well and you craft this really great story, you can get funded.
0: Okay. So now I'm interested. What's the secret
1: sauce? (laughs) Storytelling. You know, a lot of kids... So a lot of kids, right, they they go on to Zoom meetings and they're like, you know, this is our product. This is this is what we do. Um, you know, so on and so forth. You're never going to get funded with that. Um, and also it, it's hard with the legal process, you know, unless you like my parents, they're first immigrants to the U.S. and they're, they're PhDs. So they still don't know what I'm doing. Um, but basically <laughs> persuaded them to incorporate a company, which is cool. Um, But yeah, so just two main problems: is just incorporating, and then how they pitch, right? You want to tell a story instead of going out and say, "Here's my product. This is this is why we work." Stuff like that, which never really works.
0: Mm-hmm. All right. So let's let's go to your parents. So you say your parents are your first generation.
1: Oh no, my parents are first generation. Your so parents I'm second. Are
0: first generation. And what do your parents do? You say they're PhDs.
1: Yeah, they're PhD scientists. So it's not in the same niche. And especially with Indiana, right? It's really agricultural based. So mm-hmm. it's not really much of a tech landscape. So no one really gets what I'm doing. So, Right. So
0: what do your parents think you're doing? Startups. Okay. So, um, if, I mean, you, they they must, they have to back you, right? Like they must, you know, and my reasoning for this questioning is because I'm imagining that your entrepreneurial spirit must have in some way stemmed from their they're raising you not
1: really not really yeah really okay so this is once I got into startups once I got into startups right this is like the first time I've ever heard of startups and this is the first time that they've ever heard of startups so Mm. you know there's just like this cultural gap right they're more conservative um you know uh first-gen immigrants and then you know looking at this whole entire thing it's just it's just really like a black box too Um, So it's been, it's been interesting. Like, it's just, you know, one thing after another. So it's been, it's been cool.
0: My next question is like growing up with your parents, right? What did they instill in you that gave you this push? Or maybe what was it that maybe like you wanted to, maybe, maybe you're doing what you do is because you wanted to do it differently um where where did that come from and and how did the did your what was your parents role in what you're doing now
1: yeah so you know initially was like either be a doctor or be a lawyer and that's what I was raised by mm-hmm. it's like either be a doctor or be a lawyer it's really conservative and then just a sudden shift inside quarantine where you know about a few months ago I got my first computer that was kind of working before then I was working on like a 2009 macbook and it was like you know, this, this first shift, like, wow. And then they found this like AI hackathon, right? It was this hackathon or it was this competition, um, you know, that was really big. And I, and it turned out I won this hackathon. And really luckily I got into my first startup after finding this club called hack club um, where Elon Musk came and spoke at that club. And, you know, my mom was like, wow, this is cool. So she gave me that And then it just really rolled after that, you know, got one opportunity after another. Um, And main thing was just to, you know, it was lucky getting into the space because there is a barrier into it. But also it's just like, don't be afraid to ask for opportunities. Mm -hmm. Try to find every single opportunity that you can get. Um, And that's one of the main things. It's just leveraging every single micro point to get to the next point. And that's the the main thing.
0: Wow. So pre-COVID or pre-shutdown, did you I mean did you know how to code
1: um so see there's this there's this is cl- uh there's this class right every single Asian parent you know goes into this class <laughs> they're like wow coding is the future um to be honest I didn't really learn anything from it I just really fooled around in the class um because you know we didn't I didn't learn anything um and, and you know that was one of the main incentives of why I created this nonprofit to teach kids how to code uh because you know, after the shutdown, um, I got into this club and this club really helped me go like, wow, you know, you can learn how to code on the internet. There's, there's this whole entire internet. You don't have to go to classes to learn how to code. Um, and there's just, just this hub that, you know, you had to go to learn how to code. And, you know, mm-hmm. that's basically my past experience, but it wasn't, it wasn't a lot. So. Wow.
0: I guess. I'm just, I'm, I'm, it, it's then, it's an internal curiosity that you have, then that moves you, that pushes you forward.
1: Yeah, just <laughs> super curious. Yeah. And then also just taking every single opportunity, you know, don't be afraid to send follow-ups. Don't be afraid to circle back and don't be afraid to bug the heck out of someone because that's how you get this opportunity. Yeah, that's how you get from one step to another.
0: I love that. You just said that because I get a lot of that from from young people who ask me, you know, how did you, you know, get a hold of this or can you help me connect with this person or can you, and you know, there's only there's only so many times too that you that you really want to bother somebody as well, you know, but again, like you said, it's, you know, wait a week, wait 2 weeks, follow up, you know, and they'll remember that you did, that person might be busy at the moment or whatever it might be, you know, so that constant follow-up, and I love the fact that you said that because I think that's really important for young people and adults to realize that they may not answer you the first time because you have to remember, they're probably getting bombarded with tons of people asking them for something, wanting an interview, wanting something, advice, whatever it might be. And so you just have to, that persistence, right? To just keep Mm -hmm. on going back and asking again and again. And eventually you crack the code, so to speak, right? Yeah, exactly. I I love that. I love it. So And also
1: build like meaningful connections. That's just, you know, you can't just follow up and bug the heck out of everyone, right? You want to build some meaningful connections and also Mm -hmm. give, but don't give more than, you know, you can take, right? If you you give too much, you have nothing really else to give. You know, you want to give, but also take at the same time. I mean, that's one of the main important things is to build meaningful connections, help people. And, you know, they're going to give intros back and you're going to expand your network and hack through stuff. Um, And like one of the main things is just like, you know, go through the shortcuts, um, figure out how you're going to get from point A to point B the most efficiently, right? If it's going to take you a few years to do it, might not be the best step. Why don't you, and you have this really short timeline, you want to fit it inside this timeline and do this efficiency Instead of like spending a year on it, just spend like a few days on it. And that time you save, you know, from going from step A to step B, just hacking through everything. Like what I did was, and then just connect with them and always don't go, don't be the first thing that you go and ask in the meeting is to invest. Right. That's, that's horrible. Um, It's, you know, there's a saying where if you ask someone to invest, they're going to give you advice. Right. And if you ask someone for advice, they're going to probably invest and build this meaningful connection. And that's mm-hmm. going to be the most meaningful thing, you know, about a relationship or, you know, you want to build a relationship. Instead of asking them to invest up front, you want to build this relationship and then, you know, ask them. And that would be, that would be just really important.
0: Absolutely. And, 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 you know, there might be ways that you can add value to them first. Yeah, right? exactly. And 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 that I think is really important as well, you know, because a lot of times people think, well, if it's, you know, like, like Naveen or Elon Musk, or, you know, even Evan Carmel, like what value could I add to them? Well, you never know. There, there's always something or some way you could possibly help them, you know, and, uh, and putting that out there, just enable, like put some respect behind, behind it. So I I love that. Oh my gosh, that's incredible. Just don't be
1: afraid to like, send this initial first email or, you know, do the initial first thing because so many people are afraid. They're like, you know, what if I format this wrong? You know, what if I, you know, if I do this in in 10 years, maybe I would be smarter then. And and you know, just do it inside the moment, right? You know, you Mm -hmm. want, don't be afraid to reach out. That's the main thing. Don't be afraid to ask.
0: Absolutely. And I think the other thing too is, is before you get on that, like, if you do get that, Go to see whatever they've done, you know, research other interviews, find other things that, you know, questions that they're not usually asked. You know, I often tell that to to my my students, like, what else could you, you know, so they're not answering the same thing that they've answered a million times. What else could you ask them to make it even more interesting and then make you more memorable?
1: right exactly yeah Yeah. like you want to show that you've done some research on them right you can't just hop Mm -hmm. on a call and go like you know i don't know anything about you um you want to do your diligence first and figure out um some stuff and make it personalized right even if you want to send your first email you want to make it personalized say that include this one sentence which is like you know i've seen you over here great great stuff you know Mm -hmm. i'd love some things and then you know if you have a mutual just say You know this. This person referred me to you, and it's just really, really interesting about what you've done. And be interested because people have massive egos, and you want to, you know, fulfill that.
0: Mm -hmm. I think also people have mess, Some people have massive egos, and I think other people also like just really want to know that because they're so busy. You know, you're talking about sometimes you know millionaires, billionaires that are so busy, they want to know that they're going to give their time it's going to be worth their while as well. Right. And so yeah. I think that that's really important too. Um, I love that. I do. Um, everything that you're saying is just like hitting home for me. So what is your personal mission and, you know, what is your, what's your why?
1: So um, main thing is my why, you know, everything I've made before, it was really to democratize something, which is make it, you know, accessible to more people, right? My first nonprofit was to help kids learn how to code because most people didn't have this opportunity to learn how to code um, and make it more efficient. You know, right now, Aviato, what we're trying to build is we're trying to get more startups fund rate, fun, funded and get this barrier into getting in touch and getting all of that and having people have a chance because right now, 97% of startups are getting funded by only Silicon Valley, right? And there's very... and if you are not from this coastal area, you couldn't really get funded because it's just a lot harder. Uh, Mm -hmm. The tech landscape is way different than here in California um, or coastal areas. So what we're trying to do is we're trying to remove this barrier, but also make this process more efficient because if you make something faster, you get more startups, you know, more of them are going to get funded. And that's one of the main things.
0: That's amazing. And so what do you think, Is something that for you personally, like, you know, you have, so now you have this platform, is it still in beta or is it, it's up and running?
1: So it's still in beta, but like one of the main things with like a venture tech platform is that Mm -hmm. you want to, um, you want to build FOMO for it. Right. So, which is fear of missing out. Mm. We're building toilet plunger, flamethrowers, you know, Elon (laughs) Musk made, Fl- flamethrowers we're making toilet plunger flamethrowers um and just having this you know funny everyone likes a good joke um and you know just you know, crap posting on twitter and all that builds this spot and and you know build this um brand image of like meme marketing right and we have to do that as well as we have to since it's more b2b now we have to acquire new vc funds um and building this we're probably going to launch in may um you know we just finished our funding round about 19 days ago. Um, Mm. so it's been, it's been pretty busy.
0: That's incredible. Wow. And so when you say we, okay, who's on your team with you?
1: So, um, we have about, um, nine people. Um, so it's me and and Enshul are the co-founders. Um, you know, he's scaled platforms to about 2,500 people in about two weeks. He leads this a machine learning research lab in the UCI Irvine Center for Artificial Intelligence. Um, and, you know, we co-founded this startup together. And then also we have some pretty cool people that's involved. So that's, a, that's the main, you know, we.
0: Wow. And now are you all teenagers?
1: No, <laughs> okay. um, sadly not. But, you know, we have some adults that we're contracting and paying. It's just super awkward that you're like 14 and you're the only one that walks in the room. And you're like the youngest person in the room and you're hiring, you know, people that are like 30 or, or 40. So it's it's definitely an interesting experience. I,
0: I guess so. I mean, I guess, you know, you have to be quite confident in yourself in knowing because to walk into a room and say, okay, now I have to choose someone to hire that is older than than me. and <laughs> Like already
1: hired, right? And then it's like, you got to pretend you know what you're doing when you're, when you don't know what you're doing so you so know.
0: what do you think is the biggest is the greatest learning experience that you've had so far
1: that's a really good question <laughs> like I, I i get asked that a lot too and i usually give a very cliche answer <laughs> um but essentially the biggest learning experience would be you know from this gap from this quarantine into into tech right this this changing point that was like the most critical time and also bugging the heck of everyone just to get this you know this next job or this this next experience like i've reached out to hundreds of people um you know after this uh, memorization software i reached to hundreds of people you know trying to find this next opportunity and trying to build something on that you know build this network and finding this next opportunity and just don't be afraid to ask like i had a lot of failures and, you know in the past year a lot um And, you know, you have to overcome that, but also you have to figure out, okay, don't let that stop you. uh, And, you know, how you're going to overcome that from going from this step to the next step versus just staying on this step and just, you know, not doing anything and just fussing over this, this one barrier that's, that you can't really cross.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. Because, I mean, I think for You, I, I don't necessarily think that you would you can call anything that you've done thus far a failure, you know, because I've done I mean,
1: a lot, like, I've like well, a lot of stuff they're you mistakes, like
0: they're they're, lear- they're learning experience, also I had right? a lot of
1: like failed stuff, too, right? They're not on the LinkedIn, unfortunately, or you know, on everything. no, 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 but, but there's know, like a- we,
0: don't, we don't always put all those. <laughs> God, if I, I had should start putting those on LinkedIn. LinkedIn would be a whole mile long for me if I had yeah. to incorporate that. but Same. yeah, but you know what every each one of those, you know gave you that moment of clarity and saying, okay, well, that didn't work that way. so now I need to pivot and yeah. think about things in a, in a different way in a different light. So you know, I th- one person said to me once and he a teenager, he's like, well, fail just means first attempt in learning. And I'm like, oh, well, that's that's a great acronym for that first attempt, you know, F.A.I.L. And I'm like, huh. you know, and here I am learning from I, I learned so much by interviewing young people. I love it. Um, so tell me, where do you go to school? You go to public school?
1: Yeah, public school. It's like I think it's like the second biggest school inside the whole entire world or no, no inside the u.s not world <laughs> uh in right. the u.s okay it's, so
0: i need to know then like what is your school experience like i mean you're a teenager you're a ninth grade grade nine yeah yeah what what is that like for you
1: um it's it's interesting you know uh this shift from e-learning to to in-person full-on in-person school is it's definitely interesting um but, you know, it's, it's pretty, it's pretty normal. You know, I have friends, um, gr- that, you know, grades and all that kind of stuff. Um, but <laughs> just one thing that's added is, you know, you're building a company on the side. So like none of my friends really understand what I'm doing, but basically, you know, building on the company on the side, it's really like a full-time job, you know, mm-hmm. it's, it's hard. Um, so just, Um, working on it as well you know when i have free time school doesn't take seven hours or eight hours right it should only take one half of that like there's just a lot of busy work and a lot of time wasted inside school um Mm -hmm. so i'm trying to so utilizing that as you know an advantage but also utilizing as much as i into working on something else would be important while keeping a really great gpa and and, any of that kind of stuff
0: yeah what's are you bored at school?
1: Um, so <laughs> my teachers are watching this. Um,
0: <laughs> they might it's really end- yeah, They might end up watching or listening to it, but that's okay. You can say it with is all the kindness in the world.
1: <laughs> so, um, yeah, school is really interesting and it's, a uh, it's that, it's that kind of stuff. Um, teachers scroll through this. Um, but you know, it's in, in all seriousness, it's, you know, it's, some classes are boring, but you know, most of it is really just credentials, right? This incentive of where school is heading to you know, this, this quality is deteriorating, right? So this incentive of where you're trying to, you know, why you want to finish it and stuff like that is, is really just, you know, not great. That's provided. So like right now and right now colleges too, right? If you build a startup inside college, they're going to have, and if you use any of the materials, even in high school, if you use any of their materials to build your startup, they have this right to IP sue you, um, or take a part of it. So that's like one of the what? things. Yeah, that's that's crazy. It's called intellectual property, um, and uh, high schools can do that, and colleges. So it's just this incentive structure of classes and all that. You're really just taking most of the classes just for credentials, right? Like there's a bunch of classes that you don't want to take at all, right? Uh, and you're probably going to forget in a few years. Um, And, it, you know, like I already forgot everything from bi- honors biology I learned from the first semester. So it's, uh, it's, it's definitely some of it is just kind of boring, but, you know.
0: Yeah, yeah. I, I, I get what you're saying because you're, you're being kind. So, um, so I, I, I understand, but what, if you could create the model school, right. What, what would it look like to you? Like if you, if someone said to you tomorrow, you can, you can revamp the whole school system. What, what would that look like to you in a way that's engaging for you and your, you know, your peers?
1: Well you know it like one of the main things is that school you know you really learn stuff it's and you, you know there's a lot of stuff that you have to learn right in order to keep a subject alive or you know keep everything alive you want to teach the general public it like for example social studies like not everyone needs to know that but you need to know that just so you can get this on the next generation so school is useful in that way but also you know, like a model school would be someone like Ad Astra, which is all PBL, right? Um, and if you've heard about Astra, it's, a, it's Elon school. But there are some inefficiencies with it, too. So there, there's inefficiencies with everything. So it's mm-hmm. not a perfect school system. But, you know, a lot of people misunderstand that school really takes seven hours. You have, you know, however long else, right, commuting and stuff like that. And you have about four hours or five hours every single day to do something or or to learn something new. And if you do that every single day of the week and utilize as much of the time as possible, like you could basically create something of your, you you know, own instead of just going on and, you know, playing video with video games or hanging out with friends, Um, just right after, why don't you just go on and build something or or do something cool? And that's one of the main things. And and people are complaining that that they don't have like time.
0: Yeah, like you have that internal drive though, right? Do you find that most of your friends have that same internal drive and that same internal mission?
1: Well, it's it's just influence, right? Like mm. um, Indiana is really agricultural based, as I said. So, you know, and, and most people are either doctor or lawyers. So it's really a traditional sense. Now, people in California, on the other hand, they're like, wow, you know, we're, everyone's creating companies and all of that. Um, and having this entrepreneurial spirit, but, you know, inside Indiana, it's just like this incentive structure and then who you're around with, right? If you're around with people that are building startups, you're probably going to be inclined more to be building startups. Um, and if you're inclined in this agricultural base, you're probably going to incline more into being the scientist or this doctor, or this lawyer. And that's one of the main things.
0: Mm. Yeah, it's interesting because a lot of times and, and I mean, I think that that in general, because the overall public in and of itself is like, well, you know, what do you want to be when you grow up? Right. I mean, <laughs> how many times have people asked you that? What do you want to be when you grow up? And and they don't and, know. And when you finish, you're like, I don't know. And then, you know, most common are doctor, lawyer, um, you know, maybe nurse, um, teacher police officer, fireman, that you know you're your everyday professions that that people see. Well, but that's
1: what like people inside elementary school say, right? They want to mm-hmm. be doctors or, you know, astronauts and all that. But then, you know, once you get more realistically into high school, you know, the majority portion, 70% or more they don't know what they're going right. to do. Right. And, you know, even when some people go to college, a lot of people are undecided. They don't know what thing they want to do. Um, And most like people know what they're going to do, you know, after they take this two or f- two or three years of college and they, you know, and they're kind of regretting, you know, everything that they took before. So that's like one of the main things.
0: So true. And, and it's really unfortunate because I think middle school and high school, should be those, those times where you're exploring all of these other different, you know, things that you could be out there. Like I do that with my students, you know, and I get like, you know, there's, a, a forensic science investigator, right. Or, or, um, you know, a glass right. Who would think about that? I mean, but that's a job right and th- that's a profession people people do those things you know and so i think there's so many different things and aspects out there that young people aren't even don't have that experience with and so then what ends up happening is they choose something that they don't really know or like and then four years goes by and they're just like oh i wish i learned about this sooner and then they feel like stuck, like they feel like they have to be with that one thing, because if not, it would take them, they'd have to go back and start all over again. And that's the unfortunate part, because then they end up spending most of their life doing something that they don't really enjoy doing, right? Mm-hmm.
1: Um,
0: but okay, so tell me what is a book or a podcast or something that you read or listened to that you would recommend to young people?
1: right okay so there there's many books um i think one of the most common is zero to one by peter thiel if you've ever yeah i had that like right down there um mm-hmm. so you know there's Zero to One by peter thiel lean startup you know all those like um books out there Cool star problem is also a really good one it's new by andrew chen from a16z um mm-hmm. he's been you know it's it's about how you're going to get your first user base and all that and then also you know i don't really like <laughs> Um. So, so yeah, know uh, i talked to him but uh, there's this thing called minimalist entrepreneur by sahila vinga you know he was i think second employee inside pinterest um and he built gumroad if you've heard of that um and then there's also um some podcasts you know that are out there so when you're you know at the gym or stuff like that um i, I usually listen to a lot of podcasts so you know my first million is pretty cool as well as uh, Justin Khan startup. And then this week in startups, which is by just Jason Calacanis, J- uh, Justin Khan, which is the Twitch CEO, they got acquired by Amazon for like, I think like a 1000 th- million or so, or uh, like a billion dollars, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, this this startup of called thing like, it's called Justin Khan, I forgot the name of it, but it's by Justin mm-hmm. Khan. So those are some really great podcast slash um, startup books that are out there.
0: Yeah, I think that's really important because there's so many ways now, even even with the books, you know, I mean, I've I I'm an audible person. So I listen to zero to one twice because just so much great information in in there and you always learn something new. Um, But yeah, that or podcast, like you said, there's so much in between time that you can be learning and taking in that really good content that will help you out. So who inspires you? um the most like where where's your who's your inspiration who role models people you look up to
1: definitely so <laughs> I can ask that a lot too and I'm horrible at answering those um the <laughs> people I look up to you know my parents you know that's 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 primal um and then also you know I'm inclined to say Elon and all those other people but mm-hmm. you can't really you know replicate that um Elon's a really great you know salesperson and he knows how he's going to convey something. Um, but main important, most important things, um, are the people that I'm surrounded with and the people that, um, that I know, right. Like the people that gave me the first opportunity, which is like Scott from carbon zero. I I look up to him as well as a bunch of other people, um, inside my network and and people that helped me a lot. Like if you've heard of GitHub, I also look up really to GitHub CEO as well as a, a lot of people. So, you know, and those are my advisors and all that. Those are the people I look up to a lot. And especially with this person named Seth, I think uh, he's a VC at Plug and Play and all that. He's been an awesome advisor to us. So that's, that's someone I look up to a lot. And he's like the first person I go to when I need advice or something, something like that.
0: Mm -hmm. Wow. Excellent. Okay. So as we wind down, the name of this podcast is called the secret to success. Isn't so secret. So what is your definition of success?
1: God, I was outside yesterday. <laughs> um, so basically, <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> um, so success, you know, really, in my opinion, success is just this one, you know, it's don't cap it at being success, right? Because if, if you cap and have this definition of success, you're never going to go higher than that, right? Like, Elon, you know, he sold his company for a hundred million dollars, or I think somewhere less than that. Um, and you know, at that point, a lot of people deemed him that successful, but he didn't deem himself as successful, right? He went on and and built that. If he if he stopped there and you know took a beach house and all that, you know, he would be he would be successful. But this incentive of him going on because there's just more to that that means successful. Right. He built space companies, he built um, solar panels, he built this this automobile company that's running on electric, which is helping with this climate change issue. Um, you know, all of that, that's and, and he still hasn't deemed himself successful, which gives him this capacity to go further. Um, so there's that, you know, there's not really a definition of successful, because if you lock yourself into the mm-hmm. successful standpoint, you're not going to be able to improve you know, as drastically.
0: Right. That's an excellent answer. Yeah, because I think you also need to look at you know there's short, small successes of things that you can accomplish in a day, and then those those bigger goals too. So um, wonderful. So tell me, uh, final any final thoughts or favorite quotes that you want to share before we end today?
1: Um, yeah, oh um, yeah. So quotes and and that. Um, well, one of the main quotes um, that, you know, for, for kids, right, is just if you want to get advice um, or if you want to get this initial capital to start your company, when you're emailing someone or when you're that, always ask for advice. Because when you ask for advice, you're going to get that initial relationship and you're going to get that capital. And if you ask people to invest, they're going to get um, into you know, this advice where it's like, you know, don't ask me to invest, you know, you want to build this long-term relationship. And that's what a lot of people need to understand is just don't ask for money, just ask for advice and build this relationship. And then they could help you in other ways better than money. You know, money is just one, one thing. It's, it's a, it's a collective fiction. There's a lot more things that are useful, right? Like Naval, one of Naval's quote is just, and I'm going to quote Naval here, um, Naval Khan, he's the Angelus CEO, just like, you know, take my take, like someone was asking him, you know, how can I steal your money? And then he's like, steal my ideas. It's worth a lot more. And ideas are worth a lot more in the long term. And that's just the main, main goal or the main lesson that, that I've learned, which is really important.
0: Wow. I love that because it's true though, because, you know, somebody like that, probably has a million ideas in a day that one person themselves can't execute. Right. And yeah. so, yeah. Wow. That's, that's incredible. Well, I want to thank you so much um, for being here today and, and doing this with me. And I love everything that you're doing and yeah, your name is going to be, is going to be big. And I know that I can tell. <laughs> I'm right. far from that. So wow well, I've yeah, only been in here for like steps. a year <laughs> and that's right but look at what you've done in a year all of your accomplishments so there's nowhere uh you know you're just going to keep on going up and I love that
1: thank you so much